0: We're going to continue in our series. We've been in the Book of First John in the New Testament. We've been in chapter two. We're going to begin reading with verse twenty-six.
1: And we won't finish chapter two this time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hold on one second. Here. First John page. Oh, chapter okay. two, John chapter two, verse twenty-six. It says, "I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you." But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. That's as far as we're going to go today. Let's just pray again before we approach the word of God. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for this Memorial Day. We thank you. Holy Spirit, that we could look into your word and that you gave us your spirit to abide in us. You gave us your spirit to be our teacher and our guide through all the affairs of this life. Mm -hmm. And your word, Lord, tells us that we've received an anointing from the Holy One. And so I'm asking you this morning, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to understand better this anointing, your anointing that's within us and even that's upon us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this room. Yes. In our hearts, Lord. Let your spirit, let us become more aware of your spirit. I pray for Pastor Steve and I as we present and give your word, Lord, that you would anoint us to speak. And give us all ears to hear that we might be people who hear and obey and are blessed by it. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So we have been studying in the book of 1 John for several weeks now. uh, And it's really a great book on the basics of our faith in Christ as far as just how do we know we're really walking out our salvation. It talks about the need for confession of sin. It talks Mm -hmm. about the need that we should be aware of how it looks when we're walking in the light or walking in darkness Uh, it helps you to just reflect, I think, honestly uh, on your faith. Like, am I living? Does my life reflect that I know God? These are important things. And he makes it pretty simple because it's only five chapters. So it's not as though you're going to approach it like the book of Isaiah and go, oh man, I've got 60 some chapters here to read to get this picture. It's just five chapters he does this. And so it helps us as he points these things out, like, do I realize that I'm a child of God? Mm-hmm. Do I realize that now I have eternal life as a child of God? And so the apostle John, we, we were saying previously, he knew Jesus well. He had a close intimacy with the Lord. And in these five chapters, he talks about how we can also have that close fellowship in our heart. He, we, we mentioned the word koinonia, koinonia. This heart-to-heart sharing with the Lord, with the Father, and the Son. And even then with one another.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because we would all be followers of Christ together. And so it's just in a miraculous, incredible truth. You know, we hear this so often. But just ponder and think about this. that the, When a person gives their life to Christ and is born again, it's not just that momentary time when you might say the, the, a prayer of salvation. And it's just some momentary experience. But you received at that moment the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. The third person of the Trinity comes to dwell on the inside of you. Now that's a miracle. Amen. You cannot see it, but it's very real, very true. What a miracle. He comes to be our teacher, our guide our helper, our comforter, all these things to help us through all the affairs of life and the things that we'll face. And it is a miracle that through the finished work of Christ, that by his grace, it's all by his works, and then our faith, that he would take a broken, sinful human being and and make them become a new creation in him. And then we become the temple of the living God. He dwells in <laughs> us. He dwells in you. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. Yeah. Now, we have to receive that, in, not just intellectually, but right. we have to open up our spirit and go, whoa, I, help, me, help me to know your presence, Lord. So when we pray and talk to God, like don't think of him as some God far, far, far away. Yeah. Really, when you're praying... Because he dwells in you, yeah. you're, you're, you're praying to God who's on the inside of you, very close to you, closer than the air we breathe. Yeah, we I say. like that. Yep. And so the Holy Spirit also, by the by looking at these scriptures, he brings an anointing. We looked at this last week in 1 John 2.20. Right. It said, you have received an anointing from the Holy One. And we want to dwell a little bit longer this morning on... The understanding of what this means. The significance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we've been given. What does it mean to be anointed by the Holy One? We read at the beginning that his anointing will teach you Mm -hmm. all things. Meaning, when you open up the word of God and you ask him, he's the revealer of truth. He will begin to teach you the things of God. He will help you to discern truth. Yet there's more to understanding the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we can begin even just by thinking about the, how God in the Old Testament would anoint kings and priests. Right. They would anoint them with anointing oil. And why did they do that? Well, they did that as a way of consecration. It was a way because the kings and the priests were the only ones that were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Now every believer has right. the Holy Spirit indwelling them. I think if they could have understood that in the old covenant, they would have been astonished. Like, what? Everybody who believes is going to be anointed? (laughs) Because when you understand how they anointed, I mean, God had special uh, oils in Exodus. He gave a specific formula of these fragrant, Uh aromatic spices and oils that would be mixed together. And when they Put them on the kings and the priests. It was a consecration, it was a holy consecration saying, You are set apart now for the work of God, and that's really a type and shadow of what the Holy Spirit's anointing in us is today. That's right, and you, know, you cannot think that just because people say are called into a fivefold ministry kind of. Uh, gifting that we're the only people anointed by the Holy Spirit. No, you are anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God's called you to do.
1: And He's very active in your life.
0: And so, this anointing that we have is really important to understand. Like when Aaron was anointed as the high priest, like yeah, he they wasn't didn't
1: just <laughs> they you know, didn't dab some oil on him. Yeah, you know, they remember if you read the Old Testament, you find out that they actually had a horn. Of oil that they poured on them, a horn of oil like a ram's horn. How big is a
0: ram's horn? Yeah,
1: a shofar. Has anybody seen one of those? A shofar that they would blow the horns. The trump. The and I'll tell you what. It's likely that there's a close to a quart of of liquid in one of those ram's horns. So when Aaron was anointed, think of it. When Aaron was anointed, they did make up this special. Oil And it was, like you were saying, incredibly fragrant and just a beautiful thing. And in Psalm 133, I think it is, that they talked about how uh, that anointing oil was poured on Aaron's head. And it ran down his beard and went to his collar. But it went all the way down to the hem of his robes. Now think of it. It's not like today. You put a little, make a sign of a cross. No. (laughs) You're getting dumped on. But think of the fragrance it had. And and you think about it too. It's like, it's such, it's, it's again, the whole, there's a picture of his whole robe getting drenched in this oil. Which is a sign of, I am set apart for God. I am completely set apart from God. Now think about how that temple would smell just because of that oil poured on him. And I wonder how long that would last.
0: Just lingering on your skin. I mean, you know, in your hair, in your beard. In your hair, yeah. How many of you have used some essential oils? They've been very popular here lately. And some are thicker you'll notice, than others, and they're longer lasting. Like I've noticed sometimes whenever I've used some of them, the next day, and you can still smell it on your wrist, or you turn your head and you think, <laughs> I still smell it, you know, around my ear somewhere. And I think, can you imagine the fragrance that the anointing oil that was poured on Aaron, how, how that would carry with him? I mean, if he walked past you or sat down beside you, you would be like... Whoa, you were just anointed, weren't you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A quart of oil on you. Wow. But you know what? You and I have an anointing from the Holy One. If you're born again, you have an anointing from the Holy One. The Holy One. God himself, the Holy Spirit has anointed you. That's something special. That's something beautiful. That's something powerful. And there is we're going to look at some uh scriptures here. There is a fragrance to it in the spirit realm. And we're going to find some of these scriptures. And you think about this this oil, it it represents life of the spirit. It represents the life of the spirit, the life of God himself. And we've anybody been reading about how Solomon Dedicated the temple and the glory of God manifest yeah. in that temple. Think about it. Right now, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Picture that happening with inside of you. The glory of God resting on you. Well, let's look at some of these scriptures here. And it's the first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 7. See, God does a lot of unseen things that are miraculous within us. And we have to understand and believe by faith that these are occurring. Because when you start to believe by faith and you open up your spiritual eyes to see these things, you're going to partake of it in a greater way. That's why I always have said that Christianity is unbelievably spiritual. Look what this says in verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to ourselves. We have the treasure, this anointing of the Holy Spirit within our human flesh, in our earthen vessels. I think if you drew the veil back and you would be able to see it, You probably need sunglasses on. (laughs) Now jump down to verse 15 here in the same chapter. It says, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ unto God. We are. Doesn't say we're going to be. We are the sweet fragrance of Christ unto God. Among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. When we have conversations, when we interact with people, when we pray for people, when we have these conversations with people, they're, they're, we're emitting this, this sweet fragrance up in the heavenlies. And, and some people, if you're talking to Christians and they're getting everybody's involved with the conversation, just think of the aroma that's going up to heaven. There's also aroma to those people who are not saved, it's aroma of death. And that's good. You know why? Because it comes to a place where they're convicted in their heart. And that's the that's the Holy Spirit's ministry, is to convict the world of sin and of righteousness. So that as we are bold in our witness and we go ahead and we start to speak the truth in love, that fragrance comes. And then they're going to have to make a decision. They have to make a decision. And that's what we're to be doing. And to help us understand about the anointing, we have a little uh, video from the Bible Project. And it will help explain about the anointing in the Old Testament, and it will also help us to understand the anointed one.
0: Are we good for the video, guys? Okay, great.
2: People, this is called anointing oil, and its meaning is rooted in the story of the Garden of Eden where God provided water for the dry land and formed the human, filling him with his spirit. This is the first anointing. The oil is a liquid symbol. It's the water of life and God's spirit combined together, used to mark a person or a place as a bridge between heaven and earth. During his wilderness exile, Jacob had a dream He sees a stairway leading up to heaven. When he wakes, he anoints the stone on which he slept and called the place House of God, a place where heaven and earth are one. The Israelites built the tabernacle in the wilderness. When it was completed, they anointed the tent with oil, marking it as a place where God's heavenly presence has come down to earth. Israel's priests and their kings were anointed with oil to set them apart as leaders, to mediate God's heavenly wisdom to the world. But they rejected God's wisdom. They led with violence leading to ruin and exile. Their failure created hope for the ultimate anointed one. One anointed not merely with oil, but with water and spirit, not merely a bridge to heaven, but heaven itself come to earth. This is Jesus Christ. More than a name, Christ is a title. It means anointed one. The new human, the ultimate priest, the cosmic king. God's heavenly life coming into our world in a new way. A surprising way. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he spread his anointing out into the world through his followers. Christians from the word Christ, anointed ones who follow the anointed one. People marked by God's spirit so that more and more of earth can be filled with the life of heaven. our mission at Bible project is to have-
0: anointed ones we're following the anointed ones yes. but you are an anointed one if you're born of God's spirit people it's like it said there people marked by God's spirit with an anointing for a purpose in this earth why so that the kingdom of God like they said Jesus he was the kingdom. He brought the kingdom to the earth, the knowledge of God, the power of God, the manifestation of the spirit of God to the people of the earth to make known. And so we're following the anointed one. And we, we really believe that we need to be awakened to this truth that you have an anointing within you that God wants To be refreshed and actually come forth. And so since we're following, we say the anointed one, Jesus. Let's take a look at how he was anointed. Like we often don't think about this, that the Lord Jesus needed to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was. Look at Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I think it's interesting that they, he says it. Jesus of Nazareth. Because he's really pointing out mm-hmm. the fully man part of Jesus. With power. He went about. What did he do then? When he was anointed. He went about doing good. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit actually empower Jesus mm-hmm. to fulfill the work that God called him to do in the earth. I don't know that we...
1: It's really important that we understand, understand
0: this. this. It's so really about, important. Yeah, how did he go about doing good and healing and exercising supernatural power over the devil? It was by the power of the Holy Spirit's yes. anointing.
1: All the All the good things that Jesus did, all the miracles, the teaching, the preaching, the healing... The deliverance. The, 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 he did as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He did it as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was fully God. He never lay aside his deity. But he did lay aside his attributes as the divine one. And he functioned on this earth as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. His favorite title that he called himself was the Son of Man. The Son of Man. Everything Jesus did was because the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was able to perform the miracles. In Philippians chapter 2, between 6 and 8, you'll find where Jesus laid aside all his divine attributes and lived this life on this earth as a man fulfilling the Old Testament law. And he did that because arresting the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Turn to Luke chapter 3. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, Luke chapter 3, this is really important for us to understand this because Jesus said something really remarkable in the book of John, in the Gospel of John. He said that the works that I do you shall do also and even greater works than these because I go to the Father. Luke, or John fourteen twelve. That's what Jesus has said. That's what Jesus has said. Part of it is to understand how he did these works. It's because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And you and I have the same opportunity to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to fulfill our ministry here on this earth. And we cannot fulfill the ministry that God has ordained for us to fulfill on this earth without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. We see the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus when he's water baptized. Luke chapter 3 verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended, what's these words? Upon. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven saying, you're my son, my beloved. In you I am well pleased. And find the light. That anointing, the Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him to fulfill his life's purpose. Just like the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you to fulfill your life's purpose. It prepared Jesus for these three years of ministry where he manifested the kingdom of God everywhere he went. You and I will not have a ministry like Jesus because we will not die for anybody's sin. I'll be sinless. Yeah. He was sinless. The Spirit came upon him while he was water baptized, and then what happened? The Spirit led him into the wilderness. There he did battle with the devil. Those temptations were real. And what held him steady was the Holy Spirit. He was able to answer every temptation with the word of God. Because remember what the Holy Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do? Bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. And so he was able to quote scripture to break the power of Satan off of his own life. Jesus replied because the Holy Spirit revealed truth to him so that he was able to do spiritual battle against the devil. You and I need not just the spirit within, but the spirit upon. Amen. Yeah. Now let's take a look at Jesus coming out of the wilderness. What happened? Anybody remember what happened? (laughs) I love this part. It It says (laughs) he comes back in the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy
0: Spirit and power. Yes. And what does he do? He returns to his hometown in Nazareth. He goes to the temple on the Sabbath and he begins to read from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And he says, and I think most people, most Christians are familiar with this verse, Luke 4, 18. He begins reading. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he what?
1: Anointed Anointed me. me
0: to preach the gospel to the poor. So now he's saying the spirit of the Lord is on me. I am anointed to do something. To preach. This is his mission. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Yeah. And so we know that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. born of the Spirit of God. So he's born of the Holy Spirit, in that sense, has the Holy Spirit dwelling in him, yet scripture makes it plain that the Holy Spirit also came upon him and anointed him yes. for his ministry to do the works of God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. We just read that in Acts 10.38. Yeah. With the Holy Ghost and power so that he would go about doing his mission, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Thank God he did that. Amen. Here we are products and fruit of it. But as Pastor Steve was saying, it's the same anointing. Of course he had the spirit without measure. Right. (laughs) That's not what we have. We have, you know, a measure of the spirit. Yeah. But it is the spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us, anointing you, empowering you to do the work God's called you to do. In the earth. Yes. And you say, well, I don't have a ministry. Well, yes, you do. You have, we all have a ministry of reconciliation. We're all supposed to be sharing mm-hmm. somehow, some way, the love of God and the gospel with people, the hope that we found in Christ. Yes. But I mean, if you're a husband, if you're a mother, a wife, a parent, you, know, you have a ministry in your family. Our ministry is to make disciples. And so we need the help of God to do it. Don't we? Yes. We absolutely need the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are, like that video said, anointed ones, small caps, following the anointed Amen.
1: ones. Amen. Amen. Now, many, many Christians really are, are born of the Spirit of God. They have the Holy Spirit dwelling within. That happens the instant you surrender your life to Christ. The, uh, Titus makes it clear. Titus chapter three: It's the Holy Spirit that comes and recreates your spirit, and then he sets up the temple. Hallelujah. <laughs> and but what happens is that people become really satisfied with that. They're, they're, they go back to the I grew up in a denominational church, and so I wasn't even saved going through that denominational church. I was just satisfied with, though, the natural realm. That it was talking about. But Christianity is opening your eyes to the spirit realm. God is calling you to live in two realms at one time. The natural realm and the spirit realm. And we're supposed to be aware of both. Yeah. Because what did we say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, powers and might. Yeah. Dominions. We have to be aware of our fight that we're in. We have to be aware. Jesus knew that the disciples were going to need some major help. (laughs) Because then he says something in Acts chapter 1. That's really important. See, because we're going to be able to distinguish the difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. He talks about don't leave Jerusalem until... You are endued with power. Yes. That's the spirit upon. Yes. See, a, the spirit of upon only happens after you have the spirit within. Yes. You have to be born again first. Yes. And then comes the spirit upon. There's two distinct events that God wants us to walk through. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1, don't leave until you're endued with power. These guys had been with him for three years. He just walked in a room with them and after his crucifixion, but Jesus said, you boys aren't ready yet. And he also told the women, you're not ready yet. Because if you find out Jesus' mother was in the upper room. So let's take a look at here what he says here. First, I'm going to go back to where the disciples were born again. They were not born again in Acts chapter 1. They were not born again in Acts chapter 2. They were born again in John chapter 20. Let's turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And this is going to describe the, the spirit within But it's really important that we understand this. Jesus did not do the miracles on this earth to prove he was the son of God. The Bible declares he proved he was the son of God with the spirit of holiness when he rose from the dead. He did the miracles as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. This same anointing is available to you and to me. Let's take a look when they were born again. John chapter 20. Yeah.
0: We don't have this on the screen so you have to look it up in your Bible.
1: And we did that on purpose because we want you to find your way around the Bible. Yes. Because this is that's your life. That 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 book is is how you're going to feed your spirit. You're going to find and walk in truth when you work yourself through those scriptures. When we went to Bible college, they were just constantly giving scripture references. And we declared that during that time, we were going to look up every single scripture that they mentioned. And we did. We got really good at finding our way around the Bible. But that's the only way you're going to find out how to get around the Bible, is by opening it up. John chapter 20, we're going to start in verse 19. This is when the disciples were born again and received the spirit within. This is right after Jesus was risen from the dead. It says, on the same first day of the week, on his evening, though the disciples were behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace to you. So saying, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, this is really important. You should underline that. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And having said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now they're born of the spirit of God. Think of all they've been with Jesus for the three years. How many miracles they saw. How many outstanding things did Jesus do? Walking on water. Raising Lazarus from the dead. The, the widows, the, the son of the widow in Nyan, he raises him. They have a funeral procession right there, and he says, ho, ho, stop right here, and gets him up. Jairus' daughter raised from the dead. Lazarus raised from the dead. But yet, Jesus knew they're going to need help. And Jesus knew that his ministry was going to be, he himself was going to go to heaven. And so they needed somebody else like Jesus said he was going to give them another comforter that means the same the exact same he's going to give you another comforter that's the holy spirit
0: I mean they operated under his ministry authority that's trick and since he was going back to mm-hmm. the father
1: and since he was going back f- to the father they needed to be under the have the spirit upon them right. and they, they, they needed that to fulfill the mission that God had for them. It's just like Jesus need to be anointed. To face what he faced. We take a look at the disciples. The apostles of the Lamb. All but one were martyred. And they held their faith. They kept strong. Why? Not just the spirit within but the spirit upon. Yeah. 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 So when we
0: think about. He, he tells them, Jesus, you know, before he ascends back to heaven, after his resurrection, then he appeared to the disciples and over 500 people. Right. for 40 days, talking about the kingdom. But then before, in the book of Acts in chapter 1, before he ascends back into heaven, he says, he tells them, wait for what the Father has promised. Yeah. And he's referring here to, of course, as we know as we read, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in Acts 1, 4, we do have this up on PowerPoint, but you're right there in John. You might just turn a few pages yep, and you'll, you'll find right it there. in your Bible. Acts chapter Acts 1, verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard of me. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now he's referring to what John the Baptist had prophesied about him. And I, I'm just going, you don't have to turn there. But it's in Luke where John the Baptist, Luke 3.16. John the Baptist said, I'm, I'm baptizing you all with water. But he who's mightier than I and comes after me. You know, that the strap of whose sandal, you know, I'm not... Fit to unfasten, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is the this is what happened on the day of Pentecost when the yes. Holy Spirit came upon them. You know, that there are different symbols for the Holy Spirit. One is oil, one is fire. There's wind, water. Yep. And so on the day of Pentecost, he came upon them as fire in the upper room. And Jesus said. This is what would happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Acts 1, verse 8. Yeah. You shall receive power. And that word power in the Greek, I, I, we put it here in the Amplified, it means ability, efficiency, and might. Like when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you need power to come upon you? Yes. Yes. And you shall be my witnesses. Why? You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Yes. And so when you read this Acts chapter 2 and onward, you see the change in these people. You see the boldness that comes upon them. You see Peter's boldness. He begins to preach this powerful sermon where all these people get saved. Yes. And then you begin to see them spreading the gospel in spite of persecution. You, you see the manifestations of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working through them. Yes, It's because the Spirit came upon them yes. and ignited this passion in them to go forth and do what God had called them to do in the earth.
1: It's just like Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power from on high to be my witnesses today, tomorrow, forever, forever and ever. Peter was explaining what was going on. He said, this is the prophecy of Joel. Because everybody said, oh, you know, you're going to have skeptics no matter what. Even if God opened the roof of this place, somebody would say, well, it wasn't nailed down right. (laughs) But we're believers, amen? amen? Yeah. It says that in Acts 2, verse 16, 17, here's what Peter said. This is the prophecy of Joel, that God in the last days will pour out his spirit on all flesh. He will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Many people said that was only for the early church. All these things were for the early church only. They all passed away now. Let's go back to what we just read. Do you think we're in the last days? Well, until the last days are done, God will be doing what he just said he was going to be doing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He says, and In the last days it shall be, God declares that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh.
0: Yeah. Your
1: sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy.
0: <laughs> I'd better not go in that direction.
1: <laughs> God
0: is still pouring out His Spirit. He's still pouring out His Spirit on His sons and daughters, His men servants and maid servants. Yes, because Peter, for people that say, "Well, this is all passed away," well, I don't know. You have to show me a scripture first of all that says that,
1: and you will know. not find it. You and go not... to ch- go to verse thirty-nine. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Peter says this. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children and and for all that are far away. Even to and as for many as the Lord God invites and bids come to himself. I don't see anywhere in that that says it's passed away. It says it's for anybody who God calls. Yeah.
0: And he's still bidding people to come to himself. He's doing it this morning. Right here in this room. Yep. Right here as we speak. You know, when you begin to speak about the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal truth to our hearts. So he's in the room.
1: Yes. He's working his ministry right here, right now. He's working his ministry
0: now. And he's, we, we purposely dis- wanted to linger on this topic um, because we do need the Spirit upon us to face the last days ahead. We, we need power from the Holy Spirit. We need fire, we need passion, we need perseverance.
1: We need to cry out for the Spirit of God to come upon us. Not just within, because too many people are just satisfied. I'm born again, I've got my ticket to heaven. Well, you understand you've been drafted in the army of God. And he's calling you to do specific works. And in order to do that, you need power. You need power. Anybody who has been afraid to make the name of Jesus known and maybe with your friends and stuff and you back off, you just don't say anything. Or somebody misquotes a scripture and lies about God and you don't say anything. You need to be a bold witness. And in order to do that, you need the spirit upon you. This is God is calling his whole church to receive the Spirit, the anointing upon. Because we cannot fulfill what he's called us to do unless we have the Spirit upon. When you start with the Spirit within, you're born again. Then you need the Spirit upon. It's just like what Pastor made me. Boldness. Peter. We read in John 20, what were they doing? They were hiding from the Jews. Then the Spirit of God came in like a mighty rushing wind, and they came out and they were speaking in tongues, telling about the mighty deeds of God. Bold. And from then on, they didn't back down. They were even called in in front of the high priest. And you know what Peter said? You killed Jesus Christ. He didn't back down and say, Oh no, I'm trembling because I'm in front
0: of the Yeah, and which is really what happened some weeks before that, before the cross. That's right. Think about how Peter responded to a servant girl. To a servant girl who said, You know him, don't you? And he lied, No, I don't. He denied Christ. He sure wasn't denying him on the day of Pentecost.
1: We need boldness. Yes. And it's not just for you, it's for everybody you know. It's everybody you rub elbows with. We have to awaken. The church has to be awake at this time. We have to be as bold as the enemy is bold. Just look at the news and the insanity that they're trying to shove down our throats. And the church is where? Well, you're the church. You're the church. Where are you in this stuff? I don't want to make any
0: waves. We better make some
1: waves. We have to make waves.
0: <laughs> We're called to make waves.
1: You're you're swimming upstream. This whole world system is on a spiral of death. And don't get on a pontoon boat and have a party and just go with the flow. We're supposed to be swimming upstream. We walk and live with eternal life within us. You and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God is offering you power and boldness, ability, might, to stand up for the truth no matter what comes. I hope nobody in here is martyred. But I'll tell you what, that time is coming. The Bible declares it. And you need the Spirit upon to stand firm in your faith through that stuff. Where we will not deny him. Where we will know the Holy Spirit so intimately that he will be able to speak to us and we will be able to speak the words that he gives us to our accusers. And Jesus says that they won't be able to refute. But if we're satisfied with just sitting here, this church needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This church needs to wake up. This church has to be the light to the world. You have to be the salt of the earth. God is calling you. He's offering you to be anointed with the Spirit upon I don't know about you, but I keep challenging myself. I want to do the works that Jesus said I could do. I do. Do you? He he gives us this promise. Uh, John himself is saying that we have this fellowship available to us. Let's don't deny it. Let's be bold and take the next step with him. I don't care what this world does. I'm walking with Christ. And I know for sure because of that conviction, I'm going to butt up against this world. But I'm not going to back down. Because greater is he who's in me than he who's in this world. And I want that spirit upon me. Because we're in a fight for life. We might feel safe, but you know what? You know people that are not saved. And all these times that we come up and we're quiet about something and we should be speaking. I think we've all been there. After that conversation, then you go out and you say, I should have said that. Well, you need the spirit upon so that you don't miss every opportunity that's available to you. And we want you to be anointed with the spirit upon to fulfill the ministry that God has called you to do. We don't want to be a church just like, oh, they're the church. Just like other churches. Just like the church I grew up in. If it closed, nobody would have known. I want us to step up and go to the next level with Christ. Time is running short. And people that we know are going to split hell wide open. we want to offer you I know it sounds a little weird and you know but I was hungry for God I wanted everything and anything he had and I wasn't going to be denied and that's the kind of fire you have to have in your bones yourself you have to have the fire I want you Lord I want you more than anything else on this earth
0: Jesus did say, ask, seek, knock. And your heavenly Father, how much more, like if you being evil know how to give a good gift to your son or daughter, how much more will your heavenly Father (laughs) give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So there is this need to say, come upon me, fill me, I'm asking you for more. And I think this is what the challenge is for many people in the body of Christ. For some reason we get timid. We just go, I don't know, but we want, we're going to make an invitation to you this morning to do that. As we talk about this, it's like, well, we can't just talk about it and not apply it. Right. And so we even brought some anointing oil for the moment.
1: (laughs) It's not this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I'm asking you, I'd like you all to stand It does begin with courage. You have to have courage to step out and ask.
1: We got to be like Peter. Remember when Peter, when Jesus during the last supper, he's washing the feet of the disciples. Peter said, no, no. But when Peter understood what he was doing, what did he say? Wash my hands and my head. We got to want it like that. We got to be hungry for God. They anointed the kings and the priests in the Old Testament. You know, 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2 says that you are a royal race. Yeah, you're a Talking about Christians. We're a royal race. A, a, priest, a holy priesthood. Yes. You and I are priests unto our God. Yeah. Let's fulfill our ministry. Let's do this. Anybody who wants to come up and take that next step, to have the spirit upon them, come up and we're going to pray. And, you know, you're going to come up and say, Lord, I I want this. I want the anointing upon my life so I can fulfill and walk in the ways that God you've ordained for me from the very first time that I opened my eyes. Anybody who wants to be
0: coming up here. Just come forward. You could just come up and go back around. And we'll just, we will just anoint you with this. We have frankincense oil mixed with olive oil this morning to do this. Yeah. We'll go this way. Just, you yeah. know, face Hallelujah. us this way. And then we're just going
1: to. Come on up here. and We'll walk go. across this way too, guys. All right. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know what? This thrills my heart. Okay. I can cry. To tell you the truth, I can cry. It's awesome. It is awesome, awesome. to see
0: everybody come. We're just going to put... We're just going to anoint your head. We're not going to pour anything over, but it's just going to be. A- <laughs> but, but but I want you to be praying. Come on, with right the up. The attitude of right through here. When you are anointed with oil, you want the filling. You want to be full. You want the Holy Spirit to come upon you yes. in power. And so we're going to do this quickly, but and we're he'll he'll anoint and I'll lay hands and we'll,
1: yes. And when I, when I put this on here, when we pray, ask the Holy Spirit. Speak out loud. Say, the Holy Spirit, come upon me.
0: Come
2: upon me, me yes. Thank In you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ.